No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. And welcome to Right Now, the featured podcast of the New Right Network. And with us today is a very special guest. She has a very unique perspective on something that we get a lot of questions about, people talking about honeypots, how do you know, CIA operatives, all this kind of stuff. It's Kate Buckley. She was a, uh, she's a, I guess, are you a former cyber girl or once a cyber girl, always a cyber girl? How does that I work? Say, I would say former. <laughs> okay, former cyber girl. And how many years were you uh, at the mansion and kind of associated with all that? Well, I, I, all in all, I believe I worked uh, for Playboy Enterprises about 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. That's like, that's, that's, that's a long time. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but other than that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself if people haven't seen you and, uh, you know, what are you up to? What are you about? Gosh, um, you know, I haven't been about much, uh, since my days of Playboy. I'm a mom. Um, that's really been, you know, my life. And, uh, I wasn't even really very political, uh, unless you ask some of my Facebook friends, I guess. Um. I was always kind of the odd man out when it came to that stuff. I was living in Southern California and most of my friends were liberal. And so I just mostly kept to myself. And it was really the election of Donald Trump, which I will admit I was very confused about at first. Um, he was not my candidate. I just didn't get it at first. And so, uh, but watching things pan out and then with the introduction of Q, I started to look into more and I started to figure out what it was about Donald Trump. And uh, since then, I've been very vocal. So I'd say about a, about a little over a year. I've been now, are you a converted liberal or have you always been kind of a conservative? No, I've always been a conservative. Um, I, I grew up with parents that were um, both conservative and, um, you know, always talking about that stuff when I was a kid and just these, just these, principles that have been in me for always like i said i wasn't very political but i feel like the uh with how volatile everything had become it just really pushed me into i kind of didn't have a choice anymore i had to speak up well you know we've spoken to uh, a lot of people that are conservative in southern california and you guys are unicorns out there and i think that you know there's a lot of i think that honestly a lot of people are just uneducated when it comes to politics and uh in southern california so they don't really get into it they're like oh Katy Perry is going to vote Democrat, so I'm going to vote Democrat. And I think that's a major problem. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I would say that Southern California is kind of the land of followers. And um, whether, I mean, they will never admit to that. They all think that they're trailblazers and like cutting edge or whatever. They're not cutting edge on anything. And they really are just, um, you know, for the most part, very influenced by pop culture and all of this. And we know how, you know, infiltrated pop culture has been. Californication, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into it. Cause, I mean, uh, when I start talking to people, when I said I know who you were, and you know, people are like, oh, you know, oh wow, she was at the Playboy Mansion, because you know, there's all kinds of rumors. And if anybody uh, wants to know how I found this out, 
uh, I actually saw her on a show called Edge of Wonder. If you've ever, if you've never seen it, I really want you to go check that out over on YouTube. Uh, and you were talking about something about how you walked in, you felt like it was your guardian angel because he had met this young man that was very odd because I, by the way, I laughed out loud when you said in the interview, you said, cause everybody was so old. It's like they came over with hemp and settled the West. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so why don't we get into that and then the upstairs and then, you know, the tour, let's just kind of go over that a little bit. Okay, sure. So yeah, my very first experience with the Playboy Mansion, I was actually living in Arizona, in Arizona at the time, and they flew me out to stay at the mansion to do my first pictorial for a couple days. And Hef and the girlfriends were in Cannes for the film festival. So I was pretty much kind of in this big house alone, even though I was staying in a guest house. And I uh, walked in, they told me uh, to go into the main house, treat it with, like it was my own, feel free to use the pool or whatever. And if I get, when I get hungry to just go into the kitchen and the chef will make me whatever I want. So I finally got hungry and I went in there and I was greeted by this young man, young, good looking guy who was the butler, which I thought was very strange just because he, you know, you don't think of a young, good looking guy being a butler, but also it became. They picture old Jeeves. But yes, exactly. You picture old Jeeves, right. Which basically every other person at the Playboy Mansion was. They were all older and they had been there forever, which kind of side note, if there were nefarious things going on at the Playboy Mansion, I think that would be maybe something you'd expect because if you have, if the, you have these people working for you and they're seeing bad things, you don't have a big turnover of employee, right? You're going to, you're going to keep these people around. So, which is definitely what I saw. Uh, right. You know, it would probably be very similar to the Clinton retirement program. Oh boy. I know. <laughs> yes. So, so anyway, this, uh, this young man, uh, you know, helped me put in my food order or whatever. And he ended up sitting and talking with me and he said, uh, you know, you're actually very lucky that they're out of town. And I was confused by that because this was obviously, um, you know, a dream of mine as it would be any girl doing this. She obviously is, um, a fan of Hugh Hefner if she's going to be doing Playboy. So I was, I asked him, you know, what he meant. and. He was like, you know, I can tell, you know, you're a nice girl and I can tell that you are very excited to be here and I understand, but I'm going to make you an offer. Okay. I'm going to make a deal with you. I will take you around and I'll show you the entire mansion, anything that you want to see under one condition, you never go upstairs again. And I was like, okay. That sounds um, ominous right there. Right. Yeah. And he was like, it, it didn't stop there. He was like, I don't care if you're, fr if you have friends going upstairs, if somebody, if somebody you trust is like, Hey, Kate, come upstairs. I don't care if all the bathrooms downstairs are occupied and you have to go to the bathroom. You do not take one step upstairs. And I was like, okay, whatever. So, uh, he did, he took me around the mansion. Um, I got to go into all of the girlfriend's rooms. I got to go in Hef's room and his huge bathroom. He had this closet full of those silk pajamas, like just exactly what you would think. I actually got to try a pair on. <laughs> um, he took me through, um, you know, the library and the theater and all of these things. And let me tell you, first of all, the Playboy Mansion was, um, I, I don't know. It was not as impressive as you. I mean, it's big and it's historic, but it was, it looks like it was designed by, you know, the makers of Scooby-Doo or something <laughs> like green, <laughs> right. green carpeting. Like you literally push on pants. 70s campy, right? What'd you say? 70s campy, right? Exactly. Every right. single 
art, a piece of artwork in the house is a different artist's rendition of Hef. <laughs> it's like just bizarre. Naturally. So, but he literally did take me around and like there were there were rivets on the molding on the wally that you would push and it would open up. And so we didn't go in there and I don't know if they were passageways or you right, know, the famous you know, Elvis room, I believe, you know, and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and then and then after that, I did keep my my promise to him. I never set foot upstairs again, which was from what I hear very lucky. Um, I do have friends that went upstairs. And while I don't have the full story of that, I do know some. What are we talking about? Are we talking about just, I mean, basically uh, propositioning for sex, sex happening, orgies, drug use? What are we talking orgies, about? Orgies, drug use, um, maybe maybe a little bit both of um, unwanted of either of those. Um, so it's like a nursing home gone wild up there. Yeah, I don't know. And there were, I do remember a particular STD going around. Um, that was resulting from going upstairs and uh, yeah, big mess. So <laughs> I was lucky that I never did. None that. of that and sounds interestingly good. Interestingly enough, every model, and I never saw that butler again. And every model I asked since then, and actually other butlers too, nobody remembered him. So that was really weird. Ooh, I really yeah. do feel like he might. That's crazy. But that is, I heard that story. I think that's a, that's a great story. Uh, <laughs> What, I mean, it, it, your speculation, I mean, do you think that people were going up and do you think that Hep was potentially involved in, or not just Hep, really, I mean, there was a lot of people involved back then, I guess, and uh, that could have been getting dirt on politicians, uh, movie stars, everybody. Yeah, listen, it's a definite possibility. You kind of have a perfect storm here of what we would call a fantasy land. And you not only have the the one end of the politicians and the you know, celebrities that kind of look at this as the pinnacle of their life, right? They get to go to the Playboy Mansion. But you also have uh, a entire crop of women who, um, I actually grew up in LA and uh, was did a little bit of acting from in my entire life, actually, from two until 14 when I moved away. And so I knew a little, I think I knew enough about the industry not to think that this was going to make me famous. I wasn't going to be a star, you know, that didn't happen there. I think there were maybe two or three girls in the history of Playboy to ever be made a star. Um, right. And Pamela so Anderson. Was, right. Pamela Things like Anderson, that. Uh, Carmen Electra. That's, that oh, yeah. It. Um, oh. So you know, I didn't go into it thinking like, I went into it for my own reasons, but not thinking that I was going to be a star, star. But you get some girl from Kansas or whatever, who has not lived that life. And it is easier to convince her that, um, hey, baby, I'm going to make you a star, but just I can upstairs. confirm because I'm originally from Kansas. So that's actually, are you? That's yeah. Funny. <laughs> yep. But not um, actually, honestly, I wish I was from Kansas. because No, no. Southern California is gorgeous. I love it out there. Um, yeah. No, I agree. When people get like, uh, you know, it's kind of like they go out there to be this big star, right? And then they realize that LA is a tough town and, you know, there's a lot of broken dreams out there. And then they end up, you know, I'm not saying the Playboy's that way. Playboy's actually really great, but I mean, there's a lot worse fates ever than going to like something like Playboy for sure. Uh, yeah. But I see people. Um, but no, I agree. It's not going to make you superstar famous or nothing like that. But honestly, you have to admit it had to be a hell of a gig and it had to open up some great doors. It did. It did. And for a while there, they were even acting kind of as a management company. They had actually, the whole Playboy Enterprise thing was a big mess around 
2000, 2001, when they first started their online um, Playboy.com because they had no idea what they're doing. Again, you have these decrepit 300-year-olds that are running this business. And the cyber world was like this, you know. Civil war between the playmates and the cyber girls, right? <laughs> right, right, right. But they had no idea what they were doing. It was like cavemen poking this thing with a stick. So they spent millions of dollars uh, trying to put out this playboy.com. They could have hired some guys out of college and done it more beautifully. And it probably would have been more user-friendly or whatever. And I believe the year 2000 or 2001, they didn't make a profit. So um, they brought in some young blood from, uh, I believe it was MGM, and they were trying to, and when I say young, I think he was in his like early 50s. Uh, they were <laughs> okay, to, right. <laughs> so, you know. Spring chickens. My have standards. Right, exactly. And they were trying to make it, you know, into a management company and trying to get more involved in movies and stuff. And then you had the involvement of, uh, the reality TV when they did um, The Girls Next Door. And, uh, you know, they were trying to stay with the times because at the time they, ha they held the market on nothing. Maxim had all the beautiful women. Penthouse showed more. Um, you know, such and such had better articles. It was like they didn't hold the market on anything and they were kind of drowning. So um, it was, I mean, to me, it was like a, for some reason as a child, I know this is like weird, gross, whatever. I used to go through Playboy magazines with my friend Erica and we would just like kind of dream about doing this. So to me, it was just like being a part of history and something that I always just thought was beautiful. So I loved it for those reasons. And sure. um, I was born in 1980 and I think that, you know, Playboy was a, a national icon the entire time I was growing up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think 90, the 90s might have been like Playboy heyday. I think they had Oh, absolutely. The late 80s, early, the 90s, all through it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, so how was it being conservative in that atmosphere? I mean, because I'm sure that there was a lot of, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy people that go to those kind of things. There's, I mean, they're not saying everybody's crazy, but you get a lot of, you get a lot of that. So was it compromising? Was it testing? What was it? You know, surprisingly enough, the uh, politics didn't come up very much <laughs> with the Playboy. I imagine. Magazine. I understand that. And in fact, I was very antisocial when I went to the Playboy Mansion. It was very overwhelming for me. There was a very strange energy, if you want to call it that. Um, I was, uh, it was intimidating, I think. And so I kind of just stuck to myself and, you know, some of the other girls. And I was, because I was a cyber girl, I was not under contract to be the entertainment. I was just there to, you know, hang out, luckily. So that was one of the actual perks of being a cyber girl as opposed to being a playmate is that they didn't own me. I could show, I could show up, I could leave, I could drink. I never did, but. Well, let me ask you this then. I mean, I, I, you can deny, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but it's a question that comes up the most about Playboy. Did all the playmates have to sleep with have to be a playmate? Okay. I don't know. I don't know that. I'm I sure you've heard that before, right? Uh, yes, I had definitely heard that. And of course, you know, when, um, with the creation of the cyber club and it, the creation of this cyber girl thing, which was this new thing, it was almost like when they told me that I was going to be that, it was like a consolation prize. I, I really wanted to be a playmate. And so I was like, ah, oh, bummer. That's what I thought at first. In the long run, I definitely got the better end of the deal. But there were times that I thought, okay, well, is it because I didn't sleep with half? Is it because when I go to the Playboy Mansion, I'm not like turned on, like bubbly and talking to people and schmoozing and like trying to work that angle? 
So eventually I did end up getting contacted both by a playmate and this kind of pop star girl. Um, basically spelling it out for me, not, not necessarily sleeping with half, but basically telling me that if I were to, um, basically what they were outlining to me was prostitution and that this would guarantee me a spot as a playmate and certain things on the menu that I'd be willing to do would. Right, the, the more you were willing to do, the more you would be, I guess, rewarded by this. Move me up the ranks. In fact, they were talking about, right. you, you know, they'll, get, they'll buy you an apartment, they'll buy you a car, um, you'll get all the greatest auditions and jobs and blah, 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 blah. So that can kind of confirm my suspicions of um, at least some extent of that. Um, I don't know if that is true of all playmates. I would imagine not. I don't think that they could get that many. I can't imagine that they could get that many girls um, on board with that. But certainly, like we said before, there are those girls that it's it might be tempting. They don't know any better. This is this is new and exciting, and you said some of them get right off the bus, and they're desperate for fame. Exactly. But uh, let's get to a uh, little politics out in California. What's going on with the craziness in Kamala Harris? I mean, she seems to be full tilt, full blown nuts. Is that true? I, I mean, I think they're all kind of nuts. I'm no longer in uh, California. I'm in Arizona now, which is a much nicer state for politics. In fact, it's part of the reason why I moved here. Um, California. I love getting, Arizona too. Yeah. Yeah, California is getting very scary. Very Arizona's scary. got problems going Democrat too. By the way, I mean they got uh, they've had some issues out there. Well, the problem is is that all the Californians are moving to Arizona and darkening our doorstep. Even though I am one of them. <laughs> no, that, that that's that's a common trend throughout the West because of the problems in California. You see that in Idaho. You see that in uh, New Mexico, obviously, because that went blue. And you know, you see it in Colorado. I have a friend that actually owns a restaurant bar out in uh, Vail, Colorado, and above his bar, he has a sign that says, we don't give a shit what you do in California. This is Colorado. What do you want to drink? I like yeah. that because you get a lot of that attitude from the Californians, and they go out there, and they bring their politics with them and ruin those Western states. Well, definitely. But it, isn't it kind of the trend in the world, though? I mean, people allow their countries even to get destroyed, and then suddenly they need to be a refugee in a different country. I mean, that's not to put all the blame on those people, but it's, it's kind of that same mentality. Californians have destroyed California with their votes, and now that instead of fixing California, uh, which honestly, in my opinion, it might be beyond repair, they move. Which is a shame, because it is paradise. It truly is. It, that, that's the thing that, I, that, that blows my mind. If you think about California as a territory, you have literally everything. You've got snowy mountains. You've got the beach. You've got wine country. You've got Disneyland. You've got the. You've got uh, uh, Hollywood. You have um, what's that called with all the tech people up north? Um, right, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Right. Um, you literally have every resource uh, of, uh, that you could have in a in a state, and they're bankrupt. So that is mismanagement. You know if. Like, definitely. It's just a problem that so many people, you know, went west and they wanted to chase that California dream. And when they, re when they landed there, you know, they just became just super liberal and they put in these social programs. And honestly, it's just unsustainable. So I hope that in the future, maybe California is at least part of it, savable. I'm hoping. What do you, what do you think? You think, uh, no way? I mean, I, I never, never say never, but uh, it's really going to depend on 
um, you know, once you start getting all of those people dependent on uh, government programs and handouts and things like that, that's really hard to overturn because nobody's going to vote away their extra money, right? And especially if you're giving, you know, rights to people that are there illegally right. and you've got a constant influx of that, I just don't see, you know, it would take something very aggressive to kind of put the kibosh on that. I agree. Like this Yang guy that's running in the Democratic uh, primaries, he promised a thousand dollars, and he calls it his people the Yang Gang. And all these people want is a thousand dollars a month. Here's my question: I don't know where you're living in the country that a thousand dollars a month is going to pay the bills, but if, if so, tell me where it is. It must be great. Not to mention the fact that it's got to be like here. I'm handing you this thousand dollars, but I'm reaching around into your back pocket and I'm going to take those out the, that same amount from you in taxes anyway. Like it's going to cut hundred percent is free money. This is all coming from you anyway. If you're paying taxes, you're basically just paying into that system to get this little chunk back. And I don't understand why people don't get that. I don't either. Um, you know, um, also, so you have extensive, uh, you know, experience out with people out in uh, Hollywood and you've probably seen your fair share of movie stars, et cetera. And you know, that's another problem that California is pumping out is I don't know if those movie stars, I don't know where they think that they became experts on anything political, but they just can't shut their damn mouths. Can they? No, they can't. And they're definitely not, um, offering up, you know, their money and their homes. I actually saw a really great, I don't remember if it was a meme or what, but saying that if you're talking about socialism, Hollywood would be a great place to uh, try that. And, you know, instead of giving Brad Pitt his, you know, $10 million paycheck, he should spread it out amongst the rest of SAG. Um, lead by example, Brad. Brad Pitt? Right, Brad Pitt, lead by example. Give up your oh, money, exactly. invite them in to live with you. Lead by example. Exactly. So Or share. Remember that one when share, uh, uh, she was all for, hey, let all these illegals in. And they say, okay, we'll put them in Los Angeles. And she goes, we can't take them in Los Angeles. She seems very confused to me. She she does. I remember that tweet where she was like, well, wait, they can't, they can't come here. <laughs> you know, she right. You can kind of almost like smell the like burning cogs in her brain as she's trying to figure this out. You know, there is a wonderful um, aspect to thinking with your heart, but if you don't also use your brain, you will do more damage than good. And so these people are very trendy, like, oh, you've, ju you've just got to have a heart and just, just, you know, be, just give everything, everybody, everything they need. Well, you will eventually run out of resources, resources, and then you have screwed yourself and you've screwed everybody else. So it's not unkind to be like, hold on, let's get a plan and let's do this the smart way. Perhaps a little practicality, perhaps. Right. Exactly. Maybe I'm just crazy. So what do you no. think is going to happen? What do you, so, you know, we have the Democratic debates tonight. Um, actually, we're probably going to air this tomorrow, so it'll be the day after. Tomorrow, whenever this is coming out, what do you think people are going to see that's going to happen in the debates or what you saw last night that you think that people need to pay attention to? I think that people need to pay attention to how insane Bernie Sanders is and how he's going to sink the country. I, well, I didn't watch last night and I, I don't even know if I'll watch. I watched last time and it was just completely laughable. These people are just getting crazier and crazier. They're not even trying to hide it anymore. Um, they are just trying to like out social justice warrior each other. And, um, and they are just saying the most insane things. Once upon a time, even if you were on the left, 
you at least kind of tried to hide some of these, um, you would try to hide some of these, uh, you know, goals that you had of <laughs> taking everything away from people. And I don't know, they just seem to be getting further and further and further and further left, very extreme. And I have to think that people that are kind of moderate or anywhere towards the middle, or honestly, anywhere that isn't on, in the extreme is sitting there watching these just clenching their butt cheeks. Like, <laughs> what is happening? I can't. No, I, I think that their ultimate dream would be global welfare and the American taxpayers pay for it all. I honestly believe that that's what they would do. I mean, it's true. And um, you have to, I mean, I know that you guys aren't into Q. That's not your, your thing. But it's not really our bag, but I know that you are. So, I mean, let's dive into that a little bit. So what do you got going for me there? Well, I think the more that I'm seeing with it, it does seem like these are all very much global puppets and they are working for, it's all who they're really working for, um, who they're really working for. And so I do think we've had some bad ones on the right too. And I hate to say that because to me, ultimately, I know a lot of people in the Q community want to point out, well, uh, you know, it's not about right or left and it really isn't. But the thing is, is that the principles still are important. And so while we might have had bad people on the right that were, they were not actually doing the things, they were not li living up to the principles of conservatism. Um, oh, John McCain, yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, for one example. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, a lot of this I think is just kabuki theater. Um, I think that they're all just characters or just actors playing these roles. And really the nefarious problem here is that we've got actual globalists trying to take over our country. And um, we can either have it, you know, the socialism is how we just hand it over to them. You know, what do you think is gonna happen with Epstein? What do you think is gonna happen with Epstein? Does he, does he get whacked? Does he get Arkansited? Well, I think, I think hopefully we have all the information we need from him anyway. Q has always said from the beginning, we have everything. They've got Hillary Clinton servers. They've got, I believe that they've had, um, uh, they've been watching these, they've been monitoring these people since, you know, at least Trump has been in office. I think that the idea of Q has really come from this military operation that has been going on since before Trump. And you've got these uh good people in military intelligence that have been watching these things happen in our country, watching, you know, Benghazi and all of this crazy stuff. And I think that if Hillary Clinton would have gotten to office, there would have been a coup. Um, and so, but this is them doing everything the legal way. And I think that they have everything they need really to take down all of these corrupt people, but then when are we going to burn this mother down? If that's I the know. truth. Well, that's, it's very easy to get impatient, but if you think about it, you get one shot to go after these people. So you need to make sure that you've got a clean DOJ, you've got a clean FBI. You need to make sure that the people that are going out and doing the arresting, the prosecuting, you know, uh, you have to make sure you've got clean judges. Otherwise these people walk and then that's it. So it has to be meticulous. So, um, you know, uh, if people are looking for you out on the interwebs and they're like, hey, I want to see more of Kate, where would they find you? Uh, do you have a website, social media? What, what, what's going on? Well, I'm on social media. Um, Kate underscore awakening is both my Twitter and my Instagram. And then most of what I do is on my YouTube channel, which is called the Kate awakening. And it's just something that I started this year. I just felt like I needed to, um, help kind of spread the word. Uh, and also I kind of felt like it was my 
part of my duty to help normalize Trump support. I noticed with- You're doing your part, right. Right, I, I, right. I had an experience um, last year, last October, I went to a Trump rally and I posted a picture of myself in a MAGA hat. I can't, I had over, what was it? Like 3,500 comments. I had people calling me every name in the book, saying I was a racist, saying my child should be taken away from me, my husband should leave me, I should die. Your husband uh, should leave you and your child should be taken away? Yes. I had people saying, oh, it's a good thing you can't have children anymore because I had been very uh, vocal about my infertility issues when I was trying to have my son and just really, just really vicious comments. That's amazing and to go to such a personal level, you know, I mean, to bring up, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, they went straight for it. And so it was nuts to me. Um, and I knew that I was going to get somewhat of a, of a backlash, but um, I did not expect for it to get that ugly. But at the same time, I was like, I'm leaving this up. I want everybody to be able to see this. I'm not backing down an inch. I just think that the more people, I mean, people are just so brainwashed into this hatred and it's good for them these people that followed me on instagram or whatever that felt like they know me i've been very open about a lot of different things that i've gone through and these people did feel like they know me i think it's good for them too because the next time they see a trump supporter maybe they'll think of me and be like well maybe they're not all racist <laughs> you know it's all like it's all we can really do is just to that's all they have is the nazi racist tag and so i mean it, though it's not true they're going to use it until the very bitter end i mean look at this elijah cummings thing i mean baltimore is a true trashy that is rat infested and you know it, he's still racist that's what they're saying about trump so. i know well, i want to uh, go ahead and uh you know leave it there for today but i hope that we will have you back in the soon near future i guess i should say and if you're looking for us as always you can find us at www.newrightnetwork.com and on all social media that is facebook instagram and twitter at new right network that is one word at new right network everybody have a great day and i'll see you next time thank you You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing, online at newrightnetwork.com.